Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. And welcome anyone starting for the first time because we are starting a new book. We are reading Black Prism by Brent Weeks. Uh, we have read... <clears throat> we have read up to chapter 37. Great stopping point. Um, if you haven't read up to that, I would suggest you wait to listen to this. Um, yeah, big, but first, big spoilers today. Big spoilers today. But uh, first, I've got I got to do a little warm up, okay? And for for listeners that that are not familiar, I'm going to do a little unrelated topic. We're going to put where you can skip to if you don't want to hear it in the show notes. But again, I don't know why you would skip. Luke, I don't know why you keep doing this doing this disclaimer. We've been doing this for 100 episodes. I think people have figured it out by now. <laughs> oh, that's true. It has been about 100 episodes. I think it's 101 today. That's pretty... For some reason, we didn't talk about that. Okay. Uh, so, you know, with with the whole the whole covid thing people not wearing masks um it's a disaster Mm -hmm. there's like there's like a a test or like the masks is like a test to see if people are a responsible member of society Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. if you don't wear a mask you're not responsible Mm -hmm. there's another there's another test classic test to see like if you're a person that doesn't put away your grocery cart you're not fit for society. Right. I have I have an extra one that I would like to add that's very specific. Okay. Um if you're the kind of person that forces your friend to do karaoke when they don't, you don't belong in society. Ooh. When when your friend doesn't want to? When your friend doesn't want to do karaoke, and you're the kind of person that forces them to get out of here. <laughs> I, I think that's the worst thing you can do. Th- okay. <laughs> this falls in such a different category from the other two, though, that I, I will <laughs> okay, say I think we should, we should have a little distinction. But this is fascinating to me. Um, because I think, I think there is a component of karaoke... Where very few people want to do it before, like, hearing about it. Like, I don't think there's that many people who are, like, sitting at home, like, man, I really want to go to a karaoke bar. But I do think there are substantially more people who, once they get up there with some of their buddies, are going to have a great time. Okay. Okay. Let me let me specify a little bit. Okay. Because there's some people that'll be like... No, I don't want to do it. But they like, you know, you kind of want to be pushed to do it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that that's fine. But there are some people that are like, no, I don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. I'm one of those people and I will not do it. I don't care how much shame you're trying to, to put me. It's going to be really uncomfortable for a couple minutes when you like try to force me to. I will not. Luke is a rock. He is not moving. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think I think that it's not that hard to tell if someone is going to mm. if someone like kind of wants to do it and yeah. is just saying no. I don't think it's hard to tell. So if you're the kind of person person that keeps pushing, you don't belong in my society. 
Okay, I think here we have a distinction. Here's where our distinction comes from with the cart thing and the mask thing. Is those you just, like, don't give a shit about other people, right? This one, you just can't tell obvious social cues. Okay, so I think there's two. It's either some people probably can't tell the social cues, but some people are just like, I don't care. I think it'll be funny. And okay. I'm not here for that. I see. Uh, now we've we've narrowed it on the one that I think is in the same category. Where they don't really give a shit if you don't want to do it. They really want you to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Luke. Yeah. I think this is fair. My only gripe with it is like, there's got to be one song though, right? There's got to always be like one. And, and... If you don't want to out yourself on air because you want to keep that song secret forever so no one will be able to use it against you at karaoke, that's fine. But I imagine everybody's got one that they would do. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got that one, and they're never going to tell anybody. But if somebody if somebody finds that one song, if somebody's like, hey, how about uh, Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen? And you're like, dang it! That was my one! <laughs> Okay, I haven't found mine yet, but I would love to find one. Um, I'll tell you what, that new T-Swift album is fire. So maybe on, maybe someone something on there I'll, I'll put on my list. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know because then when I trick you into going to a karaoke bar with me next time we see each other and I get up on stage and I'm like, my buddy Luke is about to come up and sing and then I'll just hit you with it. And then you, if I you don't... and I can do you can you and I can do an exile duet together. Wow, look at that! We found it. That was easy. <laughs> okay, um, but so okay, yeah, to yeah, all let's... the people, to all the people who have that friend that will just like you know they're never gonna go up. I think what we're saying here is how we're ending this is there is a one song that they'll do it for. So you just gotta keep looking for that one song. You gotta put you gotta put in the work though, mm-hmm. right? You can't just come up there and like start making them do a song. You can't be like, you come on, don't stop to... believing. Everybody likes don't stop believing. You're like, no, get the fuck off the stage. I don't want to sing, don't stop believing with you. Do do the research. Be like, I think your voice would go well with, uh, "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus. Get up here. <laughs> then maybe it'll be a good thing for them. Okay, good, good, good talk there. Uh, let's get back. Let's get back to Black Prism. Um, like I said, up to chapter thirty-seven. I think we need to start with a disclaimer. Okay. All right. We've already said it. Big spoilers. You know. You know the deal. We're calling Gavin. Gavin. Okay. We're gonna call Gavin. Gavin the whole time. We're gonna call Dazen. Dazen the whole time. I know that they did a little switcheroo. They did a little Freaky Friday, Parent Trap, switcheroo, whatever. We're calling them the same names that they've been called, even though we know that they're they're the opposite, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not playing those games. That's a, that's a very good point, because honestly, when I was reading it, I knew the situation, but I still got mixed up. I was getting confused all over the place. Like, whose kid is this? I don't remember. <laughs> it's tough, but yeah. Uh, the the character that we've been stuck with this whole time is Gavin in our minds. Um, <laughs> little, let's do a little conspiracy theory where it's a double, a crisscross. 
No. Their dad okay. switched them at birth and they actually figured out the right way at the end. Yeah, that's, that's that a good way be, to go. Yeah. Okay, let's start off here where you know I've got to start us. Gross bread and wine for breakfast? It. Yeah. I know that he has, it's like some weird system that he has to give his brother something. But come on. You've already tortured him enough with this super dark prison. Give him like, go muffin. Give him a blueberry muffin. I was just like, how come he's not just feeding him blue foods? You're telling me he's like making, he's doing a little science experiment and turning foods blue when he could just like throw a handful of blueberries down the hole every morning. Just a handful of blueberries, especially when they're in season. Um, Give him a little parfait. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that it's just, they said beans were in this bread. That sounds terrible. It sounds it sounds just like stay alive food, which I I get. That's that's kind of the whole deal. But and it, to be to Gavin's credit, he he did say he throws down uh, a piece of fruit every now and then. I think once a week he throws down some fruit and some cheese. So, blue cheese. There we go. <laughs> oh, maybe, probably not. It's probably, probably not Craft American singles that he's painted blue or something. <laughs> I. But the point is, like, not everyone knows this, right? So someone's bringing him up this garbage bread and wine for like first thing in the morning, and it's like, God, this psycho gets this every day. I can't believe it, but whatever. That's why he's the prism. I can't believe he starts his day with a glass of white wine every morning. <laughs> Jeez. Good for him. <laughs> I I think this is a little a little oversight on the on the prism Gavin's part. Cause so this might get a little this might get a little blue at certain points, but Dazen's down yes, pun intended, of course. Dazen's down in in this cell and he's trying to make a bowl. With his, with his finger rubbing it against the floor. I mean, this dude's sending you down like a brick of bread every morning. I feel like you just save enough of it. You got a bread bowl. <laughs> Make yourself a little bread bowl. We do this already. You got a little bread bowl action. And then you've got your, boom, pee into your bread bowl. <laughs> okay. I think that you're, you're, you are not using the bowl for what Dazen wants to use the bowl for. <laughs> Dazen is not making a bowl for, like, bowl purposes. <laughs> no, 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 no. He is, but he also isn't. He's trying to make a bowl to, like, keep his pee so it reflects the light and turns green. Oh, I thought that he was just he was just trying to make a hole deep enough to get through the little... Yeah, it's, it, a, it's a double move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, he's trying to make a hole that's deep enough so when he pees in the hole, it doesn't lose all of its color immediately. Mm-hmm. Because there's mm-hmm. like a magical stone on the ground that leaches the color from things. Otherwise, he would just like bleed on the ground and use the blood to draft red. And so he's trying to dig below the magic stone to where he can pee on the ground and the pee stays yellow and then the light going through it turns green and he can draft green. I see green. what you're saying. But I'm like, make a bread bowl. 
You're thinking down, Dazen. You need to think building up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe that's how Gavin would solve the problem. You know, that little... I hear you. Maybe that is how Gavin would solve the problem. And guess what? I've got your Dazen solution right here. Okay. Maybe the bread isn't suitable for a bowl going in. But perhaps coming out, we can make a bowl out of this. Okay. He's already talked about how he's like, he imagines himself as playing with his own shit. Because he's Mm -hmm. like peeing on the ground and then like rubbing it around with his hands. So he's not above it. He's not above it. Okay. Yeah. I think that this is a good point. Maybe you make a little poo-poo bowl. Give, like, I think that he used all of his creativity up with the little rubbing the oil thing. And he was like, that was a fantastic idea. I don't know where I'm going to go from here. And so he just stopped thinking thinking more creatively. You're saying he's working harder, not smarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is a definite possibility. He's also got to be, like, so vitamin D deficient, right? He's got some seasonal depression. Is that what you're saying? He's got to be It's really so affecting depressed. his ability to think. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably true. It's tough. Um, because we know there's no UV down there. There's no UV. Unless they're putting some little vitamins in this gross bread. They're like, here's some beans. Here's some vitamins. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they are indeed doing that. Which <laughs> then leads me to think like gavin you're not really thinking this through why not make a smoothie a blue smoothie and just pour that down the chute your but your brother already knows it's coming with the hisses just open his mouth like a little baby bird and then you don't give him any materials to try and make a bowl with to try and make a piss bowl with that's a good point and, and i love the i love the baby bird imagery and it's way easier to make that blue. It is. You just throw blueberries in there. You don't need special dye and a wall that you have to, like, correctly calibrate it with the right color. Oh, this smoothie has a very specific recipe. <laughs> uh, you could, yeah, you could just be one of those really, you know, those celebrities that, like, needs it exactly right. And is, like, <laughs> six ounces of milk. And uh, a bunch of other things. And then precisely 12 blueberries. You'd probably do it by weight, actually. You would definitely do it by weight. And the great thing about this, Luke, is you could portray the image of a crazy celebrity by saying that they have to make two. And you're going to drink one randomly. And the other one goes down this special garbage chute. Ooh. And then you don't even need to tell anybody that there's there's a guy down there who needs special blue food. You don't need to make up a story about some guy with a weird medical condition where he can only have blue food down in your in your hole in your room. You just that's where your other smoothie goes every morning. It's it's just your power play that you've that you've built up. Way more normal. <laughs> I will say obviously obviously this prison sucks. Obviously it sounds pretty bad. There's a certain song I can think of down in this very blue, blue prison that would make it a whole lot worse. A certain song about everything being blue that Gavin could just have, like, 
found a way to play on repeat down there. So I think I think Dazen should really be counting his blessings here. That's fair. It could be a lot worse. Um, it's hard for me to tell if Gavin is like trying to make this as miserable as possible, or is just like this is how you imprison a prism. Maybe because like he very well could put um, this song down there. You're right. But I, I just don't know if that's his move, you know? Maybe he feels bad. I agree. But if you really... I feel like it would be way more humane to just take his eyes out and then treat him well. Oh, that's true. Why didn't he do that? <laughs> just, like, take get rid of his eyeballs and then you can... He's just hanging out now. Nobody knows he's the prism because he doesn't have eyeballs for them to be like... Those are nice. <laughs> and he's yeah. not drafting anything. That's true. I feel like that would have been way more humane than putting him in a in a blue and bubble. Way simpler. <laughs> Absolutely way simpler. Although Gavin doesn't strike me as somebody who does things because they're he doesn't strike me as somebody who's looking for the simple solutions to problems. That's true. And so <laughs> Especially when we see, we're jumping all over the place, but it it <laughs> does still strike me as odd that he was like, the big trick of this prison that I made is it's slightly underneath the level of my elevator that I come in by. And he was like, the prisoner can't know that it slowly rotates and lifts up a little bit when I want to talk to him. I don't get why that's such a big thing to keeping this guy yeah. in prison. I don't quite, I'm sure there's a good reason. There's a, there's a several moments in this book that I think that were probably described really well that I just like didn't follow. Is that the case for you? Like, for example, I'm going to move us on a little bit. Yeah. I have no idea what this little magic boat thing looks like. You mean the, the little jet ski? Yeah. The little jet ski that he like shoots rockets down into. And then, like, sometimes he's running like it's a treadmill. I think that it was described really well, but not for my... I'm not a... I, like, this is something that I just, like, kind of was like, I don't freaking know what this looks like. He's moving fast. Let's go. Let's move on. But I don't know what it looks like. Do you? I, sp I spent some time trying to figure out what this looks like. Okay. I also don't have a great understanding of what this looks like. Okay. Because, yeah, I I get what it does, and I accept it does what it does based on how the magic works. Like, I've, I've already, I've moved past the point of having to understand exactly how the tubes go in this jet ski to know that, like, this is kind of how it works. So, I, I don't need a clear mental picture for what it is, because I just picture a jet ski. <laughs> and then that serves the same purpose. Okay, yeah. I think I think that's kind of where I was at too, where I was like, "Ah, eh, Gavin's probably pretty smart. I I believe it. I believe he came up with it." The treadmill thing. The only thing I was picturing for that is it has to be one of those infinite stairs treadmills, mm -hmm. because like a treadmill wouldn't work if you had to power it by walking. Like you don't have a lot of force if you're standing on a treadmill. What are you pushing off against to make it like go behind? You, you? haven't run. You haven't run on one of these guys before. The manual treadmills? 
oh these exist hold on yeah they do exist they're great actually okay. they're very exhausting okay i'm now that you say that that exists i can i can at least give it a little more credit this might be too much of a tangent and you you might we might cut this like how do you get started if you're standing on like a treadmill you have to push off against something okay so it's like the the little the little belt thing yeah i think and these have a little bit less friction than a normal treadmill and so you just like start running and it goes i see and you can it like goes at whatever speed you're pushing it at i see and it's like it's definitely way harder than a normal treadmill like you're not legit going on like a normal run for it it's a great it's a great leg workout okay all right you know what then i can picture what this little boat looks like give it a shot i've got it i i think it's more of i was picturing like more of a treadmill combined with a paddleboard you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't well but he can all and you know he can switch the like muscle groups which i thought was very clever Mm -hmm. so he can do like a little rowing machine for a little while maybe do a lap pull down (laughs) that's a great you know what this is fantastic actually you get a Give f- me a little, you can go, you can go rafting and work out at the same time. That sounds lovely. You get a full body workout. Yeah. Full body workout. Okay. Do some deadlifts. Love it. Great. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Can, can you um, imagine, can you imagine if Kip is going by this bandit and he's just doing like deadlifts <laughs> along the river? He's doing some, some bicep curls. No, he's doing some, I imagine that he's going... Well, who's? I feel like you got to get a little bit more motion in there, and so Kip's probably not doing this, but I imagine we're going like burpees for maximum speed. <laughs> and so somebody's just watching this guy going, and what it looks like floating on the top of the water, doing burpees and just like <laughs> shooting down this river. <laughs> I think it's a good look. It's a great look. It's a great look. Maybe that's the next evolution after CrossFit. I'm ready for it. I think we're all ready for it. The... So I can... Well, I don't know how to... You know what? I don't have a segue. Um, (laughs) Can we talk about how much, like, their... The Guile? Is that how we're pronouncing the last name? Yeah, Guile. The Guile fam was putting a lot of pressure and confidence on Dazen's, like, Dazen's game, right? They're like, <laughs> Dazen is going to go talk the pants off of Karis, and it's going to, like, it's going to be great. We're going to literally gonna talk the pants problems. off of Karis. <laughs> They're like, okay, Dazen, today you're going to go... Well, I'm not going to, you're going to go woo Karis and it's going to fix everything. That's like a lot of pressure. I think you're right. But I also I think, think that it's also a little disrespectful. It's incredibly disrespectful. No question about that. We don't really know a lot about Dazen yet. Like maybe Dazen could, theoretically, maybe Dazen's dad thought he could do this. Because all the stories we've heard so far about Gavin, like Gavin fell in love with this woman and 
Gavin was like always looking out for his little brother, but we don't know what Dazen's kind of like vibe was. Okay, it's getting a little bit complicated because our guy is actually Dazen. <laughs> You're right. I think that here's here's what I'm taking from this. I'm just taking that potentially both brothers, but Dazen specifically is just uh, is just really hot. Great looking guy. <laughs> You're saying the face swelling is what took it from people being like, is it Dazen or Gavin? And then they saw the face swelling and it was like, that guy's too ugly to be Dazen. <laughs> this is how, yeah, that's how they convinced or Dazen convinced everyone that he was Gavin. He just got uglier. <laughs> right? They're like, no, I remember Dazen being way hotter. That's That's Gavin. Maybe maybe we've actually stumbled upon the reason why Dazen has chosen to be Gavin from now on. Because he was like, man, I did win this fight, and now it's just going to be me that everybody sees as the winner. But I can't go around looking like this. Like, my face got pretty fucked up in that battle. I can't let people know this is Dazen. People have a higher <laughs> expectation for what Dazen looks like. I got to just say I'm Gavin from now on. That's true. I think that that's probably it. I think we've narrowed in on the motivation. We're, no other motivation could exist. It's got to be this. But we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves, Luke. And I want to pull us okay. back. I want to pull us back to when we first meet Kip. We find him doing the equivalent of taking a metal detector around to an old Civil War battleground and trying to dig up old swords and bullets to sell because his mom has smoked all the money and he's like starving to death. And so he's going around trying to find any last little bits of metal he can sell to eat. And his like mentor in the town is the the dyer guy who we learn later is this like big general and Kip says the guy doesn't take him on as an apprentice because there's not a lot of work for dyers these days. Dude, he's like almost grave robbing he's so hungry and you won't take him on as an apprentice to get a job even if it like won't be that high paying? What's going on? You know, okay, I I have an answer for this. It's a later note that I have. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, go it's, ahead. It's just Kip is very abrasive <laughs> and this guy i forget i forget his name the diary that's the famous general mm-hmm. is just like i don't want to have to deal with this guy's smart mouth like all the time he sucks yeah kip is kind of terrible although i don't know if he if kip is imagining this or not it seems like a lot of the adults do kind of like his his sass Mm -hmm. and i don't know if if kip is just imagining they're all giving him a smile because his upbringing his upbringing was just so shitty that he had to like form some kind of defense mechanism to have some semblance of happiness right i will say gavin like almost kills him he gets so mad at him (laughs) this is a fair point however i i think Something that I think is interesting is now that we know 
there's like the spin a little switcheroo trying to see what's Gavin and what's Dazen coming out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was Dazen coming out mm-hmm. because it felt very like there was a sudden change in Gavin. And I feel like for the most part, he's been really trying to embody Gavin, but occasionally Dazen gets out. And I think that was one of these instances where Dazen came out and he almost killed this kid. Right. I have a, I actually have a question for this, and this is kind of a note that I have for the end, but I'm going to jump to it mm-hmm. about this, this little twist about the brothers being switched. I, f- I think that this was a very good, like a very cool little twist. Um, Agreed. But I don't know enough about the difference between the brothers for it to really matter to me. Like, I feel like it'll be it'll be very cool for the story. But for me, like, personally, it's like, I don't know. Okay, it's just the other one. He's the same. Okay, so this this actually brings me to a question that I wanted to save, but I think it's time for it. I think it's time for it now. I was going to save it till later in the episode. One of these is the evil brother, right? A- ap- apparently. Like, I think one of them's got to be the evil brother. and And I think we need to figure out which one it is. Okay, so it's the the they say that Dazen is the evil brother. That's what Kip mentioned earlier. Yeah, but I don't know if that's just like history being written by the victors. Exactly. Kind of so so I think we need to think about the evidence that we have just now, right? Okay. So evidence against Gavin. Evidence that Gavin is is the evil one. And, Wait, okay, which okay, wh- we're gonna do. We're using the same fucking convention that we said at the beginning. Okay, Gavin is the one that we've heard all about in the story. Dazen is the one in the blue prison. I don't care about this new names that they decided to tell us about. Okay, so evidence against Gavin uh, imprisoned his brother. Kind of not cool. Identity theft, fraud. <laughs> I don't know if I'm counting that one, um, but sure. Um, obviously he wasn't that cool 16 years ago, because if he was, he could have just come out and been like, I want everybody. And everybody would have been like, yay. Right. Like he, he needed the, the identity switch to be accepted. Yeah. It feels like he needed that because his old self was kind of like, ah, I kind of, I kind of tarnished that one a little bit. Okay. There is also kind of in this last section i think that he says that he during the war got a little too into it right right got a little too into like blood (laughs) yeah not a good sign not a good sign not a great sign i think that i think that currently we have a lot of evidence against dazen but i don't really know or or, god damn we're calling him gavin he's always a lot of evidence against current gavin um but I don't really know much about Dazen. We'll get there. We'll get there, Luke. Because I've got a okay, few things. Yeah. You got to really dig, okay. but I've got a few things. Lastly, really... Gavin seems kind of chill with slavery. Everyone seems to. Everyone does, but I mean, like, they don't have to be, right? Right. So, like, I'm. it's definitely a mark in the could be e- the evil brother category that okay. he's chill with slavery. Sure. Okay, evidence for Gavin not being the evil brother, for being the good brother. Uh, he invented a tight jet ski that is le- he let his ex-girlfriend ride. Okay. He let his yeah, ex-girlfriend but... ride his tight jet ski. 
That's a pretty bro move. I don't think that this is. I don't think that letting her ride is a point in his favor. Luke, it's a jet ski. For one thing, he's like, okay, I haven't tested out this flying thing, but let's try it. They like, what are you doing? He knows she'll love it. <laughs> they get so lucky that he didn't kill them both. I what are you, what are you doing, guy? I actually don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. I think Gavin is playing it up for the camera that it was that dangerous. Because how does he start this whole thing? He jumps off the top of a gigantic tower and floats down to the bottom to meet Karis. He like skydives off a big tower. Why is this bird a problem? Okay, so you so you're thinking maybe he he upped the danger level a little bit I to think- make it seem cooler yeah maybe yeah i think he definitely did because he's got no problem with heights he he jumped off a tower to look cool that's that's fair and at a certain point like you can't go that much like he probably couldn't have been going that much faster coming down from this bird jet bird jet ski no definitely not definitely not okay that's fair so i think I think the tight jet ski is in his favor of potentially being the the good brother. And we should give him credit. Didn't kill. Didn't kill his brother. Right? Yeah. Granted, this sounds pretty bad where he's got Granted, him. he's just like tortured him for 16 years. It does sound pretty bad. And, and I think it's important to note that these two prisms were like, 17 and 15 when they went to war with each other and imprisoned each other so maybe you let that shit go after a little while but but i will say didn't kill him didn't kill his brother when he could have maybe so seems like a point in maybe his the good brother favor but i i think we don't have a lot of evidence supporting him as the good brother yet okay Mm -hmm. But let's move on to Dazen. Okay. Not a lot. We don't know a lot about Dazen, the one in the prison. Um, seems like he's also chill with slavery. Has he said? He hasn't said anything about it, but he hasn't really, like, he didn't really make that his platform from what we heard okay, about. Okay, but I, oh, well, yes, we haven't heard it, but he's been, like, stuck in a prison for 16 years. Right. I don't expect him to be, like, every chance he gets... But if part, if part of his platform in the prison war was like, I'm going to end slavery, then the current Gavin couldn't be chill with slavery. Okay, that's true. Because Dazen was setting the platform and now Gavin is okay, taking okay, okay. on that platform. So if part of Fair his platform enough. was like, we're going to get rid of all the slaves because it's a terrible practice then Gavin couldn't come out of the mist suddenly and be like, oh, I've just beat my brother's ass, and now I love slaves. Okay, that's fair. Okay. So, but I think you're... Is most of this argument against Dazen going to be like, like, Dazen sucks by omission kind of thing? No, another, another point against him, that he could be the evil brother. He's great at brooding. He does have a great brood. He's really good at brooding, and no good character is, like, good at brooding. 
No good character is like, I feel the hate so deep in my bones for this other human that it just like, it just perfectly embodies who I am right now as a, as a being. Okay. Okay. I, I will say being in like solitary confinement for 16 years is a bit of a a character shift. Maybe. So like, I don't, I'm not going to put it against him to hate the dude that's put him in solitary confinement for 16 years and is like throwing him soggy bean bread every morning. You can hate that guy. Okay. All right. Maybe. I just think he's very good at at hating that guy. I think he's, he might be a little too good at brooding. Okay. Uh, points in Dazen's favor. Uh, he's, he maybe likes Kip. Maybe? I don't really know. Okay, at this this is the point where we don't really have anything to go on. Because all we really know about this guy at this point is he wants to get out of this blue prison really bad. He does want to get out. Um we'll have yeah, maybe we'll have to save the evil slash good brother judgment once we get more information. Yeah, yeah. Specifically about what what Dazen's up to in and, yeah. and anything about him that's not like, I smell like piss, and I see blue everywhere. Those are his. Those are currently his key characteristics. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll get some more character exploration for for our boy. Um, okay, I'm gonna move us away a little bit. I'm gonna move us to a different evil character. Okay. The 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 king mm. Garadol or something I forget exactly his name. Mm-hmm. Um I think that he and this is going to be surprising is an excellent leader of men. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> he's a good person. I'm saying he's a great leader of his army and hear me out. Okay. He's chasing after Kip. Yeah. They're 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 trying to find Kip and they finally catch him. And he's like, We you're a very, you know, someone with your abilities is very valuable, but you killed two of my men, so now I have to kill you. I think that this is a play for your soldiers' morale. Because like Hold on, hold on. First, before we go any further, isn't this what the drafter says? I thought the red drafter oh, is, is the one who point. caught him and said that. Ah, dang it. You're right. Okay. Fair, <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just This army has each other's back, <laughs> I think is the point. Okay, all right, but okay. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I think there's still some a point to be made here, though, because... The army is clearly very well organized, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> okay, this is going to get kind of grim because they're very well organized in this like genocidal murder of this town, which is not a great motive. Right, we, ha- we have to be careful here because we're not advocating. We're not team this army. No. We're just, we're just acknowledging like that they're, they're going to be tough to beat, I think is the point. They're probably going to be tough to beat. That's true. And it does seem like 
after you do this, you kind of bind them tighter to you because mm-hmm. once you like get your whole army to all together exterminate a town and their entire populace, you've got some Make pretty a skull pyramid. Skull pyramid that it seems like everybody had a hand in contributing to. That's a lot of blackmail that you've got on them now. Like, hey Jeremy, I know you're not too satisfied with your pension and your healthcare benefits in my army, but I also know that you murdered a bunch of people back in that town back there. And there's a there's a <laughs> pyramid of heads back there, and some of those heads have your name like actually carved into them. So you're gonna need you're gonna need my recommendation letter. And it's going to say that you contributed to the Pyramid of Skulls. Yeah, you're keeping you're keeping these guys in your army pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you've got a tight hold on them. But I think it definitely, to the king's credit, convincing this many people to do this, it can't be easy, right? I would I would assume I would hope I would not. hope and assume it would be kind of hard to convince this many people to like encircle a town and exterminate all of them. Right. So this king is dangerous. Good, yeah, he's very dangerous, silver-tongued. Not a great guy. The goals that he has in mind are not We we don't have a lot of shared values, I think is the thing, right? We're not inviting him to the G7. No, he's very capable, but no morals at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe anti-morals, actually, because this pyramid head seems unnecessary. <laughs> Maybe anti-morals, I would agree. So we also learn, we learn that Karis might be kind of being set up on a, like as a trap here. And part of the reason she's being set up or it seems like she's being set up, is apparently she's very well known in this place as the reason that the war happened. And her picture's, like, all over the place. And so the king would, like, immediately know who she was when she showed up, which is, like, kind of funny that she didn't know that. Like, you would think if I'm going to go spy in another country, I'd at least know, like, what their big legends are. And, like, you know, maybe if I was a part of those. But... Before we get this scene, she's outfitting herself to infiltrate enemy territory. And she describes some eyeball caps, which are not spectacles, but give her colored vision if she really needs it. She can like put it, put them on, like over her eyeballs <laughs> so she can have color to, to draft from. These seem like the worst solution to this problem. Am I wrong in thinking this? Because at first I thought they were contact lenses. They're not contact lenses. Because she mentions that her long eyelashes really make it a a challenge. Because these like stick over your eyeballs. Right. And they're just like glued to your face. So the, okay, so let's, let's do a pros and cons, right? Okay. I think pros are they're easily disguised, right? She has them like on her necklace, mm-hmm. so you don't know. Um, they're they're small, I guess, and very hard to dislodge once you've got them on. 
not going to come off in a fight like a pair of spectacles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now cons, I think, are are tough because they're going to like rip your eyelashes and the, and eyelid off or something. Potentially rip your eyebrow off. She mentions. Also, you don't look very cool with these things on. That's true. Not You're, aesthetically pleasing. It's not a good look. And I can't tell if these are really that necessary or not. Because we meet a white who is a blue drafter who creates like his own spectacles out of blue. He's got like bug eyes that are just, he just made them out of the blue that's around. That's true. So we don't have enough details to know if this is like a solution or not. My solution, maybe you just get a cool uh, a cool ring that's really red. And you can just look through that. You can hold it up to your eye like a ring pop or something. Ooh, okay. And then, I see what you mean. Now. And then it's just when you need it. It's not all the time you're seeing red and green. Because that's got to be annoying too. It's yeah, it's it's that one's kind of not what I would want to be constantly doing. Um, I think that that's fair. I agree with you that there's got to be some other some some better options, um, especially in a world where Gavin's made a jet ski. You guys haven't figured out how to make contact lenses yet. Well, also like you know those little. Okay, you can get some. You can get some glasses like everyone has, but they fall off. Huge issue. Why don't you just like get a little stretchy band that's not coming off? One of those boating bands that you can put you yeah. can put on and then it'll float too. Not right. a bad solution. I think the problem there is she's trying to hide the spectacles because that immediately identifies her as a drafter. Which, side note, if I just want to wear some cool shades, I don't really want to be like seen as a threat. Yeah, that's so tough. kind of a disappointment for everybody else who wants to be stylish. But I think she's trying to hide the fact that she's a drafter okay. because these are easier to conceal than spectacles. But I think the jig is kind of up once you slap these on your face, right? Yes, it, it definitely, it definitely is. I okay, let's. We'll have to, we, maybe we should leave it there because I think that you're right that there's definitely, there's got to be some, some more nuanced inventions if we're in like, like where's my, my guy Q coming up with, with great little techniques. Especially in a world where it's so important, you would think they would have so many other options for this kind of a thing. I just. You got to give me some coding that makes my my sun my glasses look like regular sunglasses transition lenses are perfect luke transition lenses there we go because uh, there there have got to be people oh my gosh this is the solution there have got to be people in this world who just are nearsighted or farsighted right i i would assume so these are just my regular clear glasses i need them to see oh wait i push this button on the back Boom, now they're red, and I can draft whatever I want to. Transitions lenses. Boom. There we go. We've solved it. 
We have solved it. I have... So, okay. They talk about how you only have so much that you can draft, like, for your lifetime, right? Mm -hmm. Before you either die or go crazy, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm really amazed at how little people seem to be, like, reserving their Luxon. Because if I'm, like, a red drafter and... I'm going to go crazy if I use too much of it at like age 50. I'm going to be a little, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my, keep my usage down a lot, but I feel like they're not doing that very much. I think you're right. I think they're not really restraining their use based on how dangerous this stuff is, especially with the like funny joke things that they do with it sometimes. Like, was that joke worth maybe six months of your life guy <laughs> probably yeah. not i would be very i would be living so long with this because i'd be so cautious i will I'd say like, you know how when you turn 25 and you're like ah damn now i need to stretch before i exercise <laughs> every time because i've got to keep i got to keep my future self in mind this is what I would be, I would like, every time I use some Luxon, I'd be like, damn, let's use the minimum amount here. Right, right. You're thinking about your future. It's like wearing earplugs when you go to a concert. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you look like a dork, but also I'm not going to have tinnitus when I'm 55. So exactly. Jokes on you guys. That's, I think, reasonable. However, you've got a built in fuel gauge. So you, mm-hmm. you like, know, right? Yes, it seems like it. I feel like... But you... I don't think... I mean, it's not super sensitive, right? No, but I think it is, like, pretty sensitive. Like, it fills up your eye. And when it fills up your eye, then it breaks through your iris and your eye turns all blue or green or whatever color. R- right. But, like, but like your eye is pretty small. <laughs> and you're, And it's increasing in size over the course of, like... 40 years right so you're not getting you're not getting super high or super precise readings here you know yeah but i feel like as you started to get close that's when you could be like okay i should really tone it down now and then you know maybe they've got some measurements they can do and they can be Mm -hmm. like "Mm, you can draft another 10 pounds of green and that's it no more that's your safe Uh limit and you're like, okay, I've got ten pounds left. Yeah, you just and they just like retire. Why aren't they? Why aren't people retiring? <laughs> why aren't they retiring? <laughs> this is a classic case of the billionaire elite just per- pushing their workforce too hard. I think that's what it is, right? I think it very well could be. And you, I mean, you know, there's going to be those few that that push it too hard because they they just want to see what happens but it does also sound like based on what gavin is saying once you go too far you just have to like kill yourself because kip's like what's my life gonna look like if i go here and gavin's like you maybe get 40 years kid i feel like kip is justified and be like what the fuck why (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah. Because how old's the wife? I'm, I don't really, she's very old, but I don't know if she does 
she i mean she she's the one person that's like i'm not gonna draft anymore because you guys are all going crazy I feel like everybody should have that option. It shouldn't be like you're going to die at 40 because we're going to make you draft until your eyes pop. Right. That's not fair. (sighs) Yeah. And uh, maybe there's something we're missing, you know? Maybe sometimes you just can't help it, right? Right. Maybe you get caught out in in a spring thunderstorm. You forgot your umbrella. Oh, I really don't want to get wet walking from the coffee shop. Draft a little umbrella. You go crazy. But think about think about like going to class for this, right? And your professor's like, for extra credit, you can do this cool thing. And then you have to weigh like, do I want to get extra credit on this class? Or do I want to like live another six months? Yeah, this is a good point. I think... Oh. Oh. Luke, I mean... Okay, and now I'm starting to see some parallels with, like, real college. Because, like, if you don't sleep enough, there's, like, severe health consequences that we might not know of. And so, like, there are people in college already sacrificing, sacrificing, like, their health in order to do extra (laughs) credit. Maybe not to this level, but I think it's normalized. So it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, my my cool super violet program does backflips too. And I spent another six months of my potential life doing that. But I got an A+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. It's just been it's just been normalized, it's, which is a shame. Real shame. It is a shame. I'm curious to see which brother is the one who wants to fix that. Mm-hmm. Because we're hearing a lot of big plans from Gavin. A lot of, you know, he's got a lot of big plans he's trying to accomplish. Seven big plans, one per year. I haven't seen what any of these plans are yet. Except, like, he wants to tell the truth. That's... Yeah. You don't have to be the prism to do that. <laughs> That's true. That one also doesn't take much preparation. I think I'm hoping that one of these plans is like reduce the work week from 40 hours to 30 hours so that our workforce can live to 60. Love some more grandparents to be running around. Let's try to get. Yeah, that'd be great. It's got to be in there. It's got to be in his platform. We got to see what Gavin's platform is, if only to know which one's the evil brother, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm here for. So we talked about how Kip had like one of the worst childhoods that we could probably imagine. I think it's up there with some of the other really bad childhoods that we've read about, like Locke from Lies of Locke Lamora. Pretty bad childhood. Maybe a little worse than Kip, but Kip sounds like he had a pretty rough time. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, is Kip a simp? Okay, uh, real quick, can you can you define simp for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a simp is like somebody who does a lot of white knighting for women when they don't really need somebody to stand up for them with the goal of potentially like being their boyfriend. Okay. The two examples of this. The thing with Issa and Ram, I, 
he's saying that Issa's looking back, like, pleadingly for him to help her. And that he just, like, really wishes he could do something about it. I don't know if this is true or not. Yeah, okay, yeah. I agree. Like, in terms of Issa going and going with Ram. Yeah, right? Issa's, like, running off into the woods with Ram to go... I mean, we all know what they're going to go do. Right. It doesn't... No, she definitely did not need Kip there. To be like, oh, Ram, you're a bad guy. And I think if... If Issa just had a man who cared about her, she'd be so much happier. And Issa's like, I'm going to go in the orange orchard with this bro. I'll see you later, Kip. Yeah, I think that that's a good example. I would agree with you. Other example. The dye maker's daughter. Apparently Mm -hmm. she came back or she was like in town for a little while. And she was like, yeah, Kip was like in love with me. (laughs) So... It sounds like it's just the women of the town who are about Kip's age. Kip's just like, I need to protect these women, and I am in love with them. Was the Okay, but was the second one just like he was obviously super into her? Well, or uh, yes, I think that's true. We didn't get a lot of details, but based on the uh, the interactions with the women in this town who are Kip's age, he seems to just be in love with, like, all of them yeah okay yeah i think i at least all of the ones we've seen so far i think that that's true um i think the Issa one is a better example but i think that you're i think that you're right um and i feel like we're probably gonna see a lot more of it yeah i and i think this might have to do with the fact that his like mom never gave him any affection and like maybe the opposite of affection for his whole life so he's definitely kind of messed up in the head a little bit with regards to like a relationship with someone right uh but I- i'm really hoping for a little a little character growth here <laughs> in like <laughs> how kip feels about himself how he feels about the women around him mm-hmm <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'd love to see just a little bit of socialization here for Kip. Get a little to bit be. more confidence, maybe a little bit more awareness of other people. Um, yeah, all of these things I think we would love to see. We'd love, we would to, love see. to see for Kip. Maybe some, yeah, because he's going to school. Maybe he'll be able to be able to branch out with some more. I don't know, meet new people. This is actually what I'm worried about, though, is I don't think he's going to school. Ooh, that's because true. Because Gavin. Because Gavin. Gavin was like, you can either go to school and meet some cool new friends that are your age, and maybe you can, you know, chill out a little bit, or you can come with me and we'll go on adventures, just you and me, kiddo. And it sounds like Kip's going to go with Gavin. Yeah. Less personal growth with the Kevin. Or with the with the uh, with the Gavin route, I think. I think you know? so too. We would love to see Kip go to go to college, and you know get that get that. Those years are very formative. Really find himself, right? Really find yourself. Figure it out. Get away from these abusive adult figures in your life, and just find yourself, Kip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reinvent yourself. You don't have to. Yeah, you can be whatever you want. You can stop, like, fat-shaming yourself all the time. can stop doing that. can stop, like, being a huge asshole to everyone. 
can make some friends that will like actually listen when you say there's a giant army coming to destroy the town. <laughs> one thing that you should also do is that you know your one close friend stop talking about how stupid he was. <laughs> Sounds like he was way better than you at most things. Kip needs to learn how to have friends is I think what we're figuring out. And I don't know if he's going to get that going on adventures with his fake dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But we can hope, right? We can hope for something. You know what I just realized? The little nephew thing is true. I know, like, I know that's obvious. Yeah. But kind of a little funny, kind of a little funny thing there. It is kind of a little funny thing. And it seems like something that everyone should kind of, like, freak out a little bit more about. Unless there are other brothers, because if no, because he's he's saying he's saying nephew in such a way that implies that it's actually his kid, right? I guess that's true. Because he's not trying to convince people that it's his nephew. He's just like a polite way of saying. I guess, but I mean, just think about the implications of that fake statement. Oh yeah, that brother that I went to war with and supposedly killed, who was trying to start a revolution. I have his kid now that I'm taking care of. Obviously, nobody believes it, but you're saying it's his nephew. Now, it's we- yeah. There could have been this another was a weird brother. way to go about it. It was a weird way to go about it, but I agree with you. It was pretty clever. The whole like, oh, it actually is his nephew, kind of situation. We we did love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, do you think? Do you think? kip's mom and or the general no i think that the general knows the general just because who sided with dazen knows yeah. that dazen is now gavin or i don't know or that kip i know is so i definitely think that he knows that kip is uh one of their kids current um, dazen's kid yeah yeah but I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily knows the like full truth of it. Okay. Okay. I don't know either. Uh, one last. This is this is kind of stupid. We we actually might cut this too. Did you? We get a good description of the clothing Gavin is wearing throughout this whole most of this first section because the first section happens like all in one day for the most part. Guy's wearing, like, a rhinestone cowboy outfit. His belt is, like, studded with, I'm guessing they're rhinestones. It's, like, way oversized. He's got black boots with, like, little silver etching in it. Black pants, white shirt. I've, right. He's, he, he's, he wants to, like, portray, like, all of the cultures, I guess. Right. But it it seems like he's doing it in a way, just from my observation of him, like he's not mixing them all. He's not making a good combination where each color kind of complements the other. He's just kind of like, I have to do this and I'm going to throw it all on my body. So everybody everybody sees their piece, but it doesn't work with anything else. Mm -hmm. He's, Mm -hmm. He's clashing. Now, some would argue he's power clashing. Perhaps, perhaps that's the best description of what it is. But yeah. I don't think this outfit really is like working too well together. I, 
I would ag- I would agree. I th- I think that I'm on the power clashing side of things, where everyone's just like, dang, he's just going for it. <laughs> he is the prism. What are you gonna do? He looks great. I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give him that. So great twist at the end of of this section though we're excited to see why why we get the switcheroo what was the point in Dazen becoming gavin and i can't wait to see some more cool inventions i'd love for maybe i'd love to maybe get a maybe get a hoverboard Ooh. be pretty cool and you know i'll bet There'll be plenty of plenty of good light in the next section for Luke and I to draft up a good number of hot takes. And I'd love to go to this school just so that I can continue being a dumb nerd.